Con Radio, presented by Wizard World. Radio for geeks. Guys like Can Bear Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture right here on Wizard World's Gone Radio. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I am Jake Runyon. And joining us today from Forward Comics to talk about the Guan Anthology, returning to the show after almost, like you pointed out, 100 episodes, <laughs> Jerome Wolfer. Thanks for being with us, Jerome. How are you doing? The resident dinosaur in the house today <laughs> but it's great to be on with you guys thanks for so much for having me uh, come back on the show with you we had a great time with you last time yeah, we and, uh, anticipating a, another good episode today so looking Sweet. forward to it uh, we're going to be talking about Futurama and the Retro Roundtable this week our favorite characters episodes and I got some trivia questions for you guys yes. so. hit me yeah, I'm, I'm worried that maybe they're too hard or too easy, so I, no. I tried to get good ones. So. I got this. Calling it right now. 100%. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Here we go. Don't forget to buzz in, though. Oh, I know. My, <laughs> my honor's on the line. People with this. forget to buzz in sometimes. <laughs> then we're going to go around talking about comics. Anything good, guys? What do you got this week? Oh, a Futurama. Futurama, comic. yeah. Very appropriate. And I have read Medic number one. Medic. Line. Ooh, yeah. Sounds like an 80s drama. Yeah, I know, right? Very cool. (laughs) Your title kind of drew me in on that one. (laughs) A couple good titles we'll be talking about there, and then we'll turn our full attention over to Jerome and talk about the Guan Anthology. So, let's just kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And away we go! <laughs> Alright guys, Futurama Where do we begin? Favorite characters? Favorite episodes? What do we, where do we It start? might be the perfect show It's pretty darn perfect For yeah. however many years since it's been on Since I started watching it, it's the one I always come back to It was ten seasons I found out yesterday Yeah, it lasted damn quite wow. a bit And it stayed cons- consistently funny It did You yeah. can't say that yeah. about The Simpsons You know, though. some of the newer ones you, you feel like they were showing their age a bit But I, I never sat there thinking like I'd rather be watching something else. No, I'm always yeah. stoked to see future. Yeah, yeah, they always deliver. After it canceled the first time and they brought it back, it was exactly as like it picked up right where it left off. It yeah, was just as good. Yeah. Just like a nice smooth. It's like, hey, we're back. When More they, of this. When they start coming and, back with those movies, I wasn't into those. I did no. not like those movies. It wasn't until it came back mm. to television that I got into it. The I movies kind of grew on me. Really? Yeah, mm. But really not until after it started playing again on television. That's when I went back and, and rewatched them, and it all kind of felt right. But yeah, I see what you're saying. It was just I like of, my 30-minute intervals. I was going to yeah, say, it was yeah. almost yeah, like a too I long like of an like episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about you, Jerome? Yeah, I like it in little bites. You know, I like 30 minutes. It's awesome. You know, it's it's really a testament to, the, to the, uh, how well that... Uh, show has done that you know hey it was canceled it came back and came back strong like you right. know oh yeah which is it was just really awesome just kind of shows that hey people love it you know just got to find that audience and the audience will will will, will demand it we'll, we'll bring it back to life right and i think that's probably why i uh enjoy rick and morty so much because oh, there's man. definitely a touch of futurama in yeah. there yes. Some yeah, of those yeah, adventures yeah. they get into yeah. you know but um 
Yeah, a great show. Consistently funny. And uh, one thing that separates Futurama from The Simpsons for me, I'm a diehard Simpsons fan. I'll oh, sure. die yeah. a diehard Simpsons fan until the end. But uh, Plenty of evidence to support that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just look around this room. But uh, Futurama carried a, a bit of, uh, what's the word, I guess... Set, sentiment? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. It got yeah, a little it, it more had some to the emotional heart punch in a lot of episodes. And the Simpsons did. Stuff that sticks with you. Yeah, and time travel. You can never go wrong with time right. travel. You know, so. <laughs> never go wrong with time travel. Trust me, it, it, uh, it's, it's the holy grail. It really is. <laughs> You've got me if you have time travel. Time travel's got a solution to every problem. It's mm-hmm. got a way to get around any issue. It's just, if you find yourself stuck writing something time travel related, you need to stop writing. <laughs> <laughs> You've got all the tools at your disposal. Hang up the, hang up the towel. <laughs> Call it a day. Oh, man. Favorite characters? That's safe fry. Oh, yeah. Just because his dumbness the stuff he says <laughs> like I was watching that on Netflix I went through like the first season and like I think it was the first episode after he was back he was like what year is this and Leela's like it's the year two or year 3000 he's like I've been asleep for a thousand years or no a million years, a million years. yeah <laughs> one of my favorite fry lines is uh the episode where Bender has been sent sailing through space and has the little uh, world like on yeah, his chest yeah, yeah, yeah. great Great episode. But um, when Fry is down on Earth looking for him and he goes to that fortune teller robot (laughs) and she's like, wait, I'm getting something. Fry, it's me, Bonder. And he's like, Bonder, is it really you? Without missing a beat. <laughs> Wait a minute, Bender's name isn't Bonder, it's Bender. <laughs> one, of the, one of the lines that sticks out to me is, and I always forget just a little bit more of the conversation leading up to it, but people are rattling off different traits of the people in their crew. It's like, we're all misfits, you know. Yeah. Her- Hermes is a Rastafarian accountant. The professor's so senile, it borders on insanity. Fry's got that brain thing. He looks at Leela and he goes, I already did. (laughs) (laughs) There's just no bridge between those two states. If anybody other than Billy West voiced that character, it wouldn't have worked. No. It just completely hinges on his delivery. Adds to the... uh, how naive the character is. Right. Sort of like innocent. Yes, innocence. Yes, exactly. Perfect. What about you, Jerome? Any favorite moments? Oh, I've got to say, Bender is my favorite character. Man. I'm with you oh, there. Yeah. Hands all down, around, man. Yeah, almost hands down. Like he just totally carries the show. Um, but yeah, it's just a great character. You know, just just doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the what if machine episode where Bender oh, became human. I was just thinking of That's that one. Great... Woo! <laughs> <laughs> what he's dead? I swear he was saying woo. That was just the gas leaking out of him while you were rolling him. <laughs> and it pushes gun. <laughs> <laughs> There's that little sad one at the end. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> they know when to bring it down. Oh man, that's good stuff. Great one. I think Bender's absolutely my favorite, but a very close second is the professor. And I really liked when they started like 
bring like the the show became really aware of that good news line mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. started toying with it and it's like good news everyone i have terrible news you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man is a professor line it's ridiculous like there's no wit there it's just he says something silly and i crack up like a child but they're getting him euthanized you know? oh, yeah. oh yeah and they inject his face with with the botox and it it stretches back against his skull, and he looks at the woman. He's like, "Give me back my floppy face." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just such an old bastard. You yeah, can't make is. him happy. What did you guys think of the the clone of himself, he, the little kid? I can't remember what his name was. Oh, uh, Hubert. Hubert. Yeah, that's it. He, I, he's he never been me. like my yeah. favorite. He, yeah. he had some good moments, but his little turned up nose because the test tube was too big or wasn't big enough (laughs) that is a fantastic (laughs) joke yeah it is that was the biggest crack up I think I got when they made him I love that the Harlem Globetrotters have their own planet (laughs) and their own race now that's yeah isn't that awesome that's That's the the best thing are they cloning or does each new generation have the same name and traits as their (laughs) parents (laughs) maybe they're all immortal at this point who knows it's one one like a Sugar Ray Tate or something like that (laughs) I don't remember their names but it's it's like not Sweet Clyde who's Sweet Clyde that's like from a video game I played (laughs) (laughs) Sweet Clyde's gonna be the name of this episode nice Also going to be the name of my firstborn son. Sweet, sweet cloud. Very nice. It's one of those shows that's touched on everything. You know, just like The Simpsons. It's just been around long enough that it's it's explored every topic, every subject, you know. Yeah. And, and generally in a pretty even-handed way. Yeah. I remember there was that episode where they tackled, like, the evolution debate. Where there was that sentient primate who was like, oh, creationism, dinosaurs, and man. <laughs> and then the professor exiled himself and accidentally created a race of sentient robots, you know? <laughs> Just flipping that whole dynamic. It was a pretty slick way to handle that. Now, here's something we should address that I almost didn't even think about is uh, the babes of Futurama. Oh, man. Mm. I mean, don't even get me started. Taranga, Leela, come on. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> come on. Mom. <laughs> Amy, I like them experienced. <laughs> Those are some uh, attractive gals, right there. Oh, yeah, sure. For cartoons, is, is they, it wrong to be attracted to cartoon? Not females? in this day and age. It's no. it's a brave new world we live in. Brooke <laughs> some sick, sick for it. <laughs> they're not real. It could be worse, right? Who's getting hurt? The real up here. Exactly. Yeah. The real up here. <laughs> they're as real as you make. The it. real up here when it matters, baby. <laughs> the theme song. There's always something about that theme song when it comes on. It mm-hmm. just bells. feels right. Yeah, just yeah. being yeah. just bells too. Just bong bong. And yeah. if, if you had heard that track in isolation, it wouldn't really mean anything. But something mm-hmm. about it just feels like it conveys the tone of the show so perfectly. It's just a really good fit. It's very, uh, I don't know if this is the right adjective to use, but it, kind of, it feels kind of refreshing, that whole opening scene. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like oh, kind of I'm about to laugh. <laughs> oh, here we go. And then they hit you with that tagline that's different every oh, episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Arachnospores, the deadly spore with the funny name. <laughs> Isn't there like Bachelor Chow? Too <laughs> Bachelor or Chow. I swear to God, I would invest in Bachelor Chow if that was like some up-and-coming business. That was I don't want to deal with food <laughs> budgets, with eating right just give me a bag of something i can add a bit of water to so right. i don't have to think about it anymore <laughs> i'm under no delusion that my life is incredible give me the bachelor chat 
What about uh, poplars? <laughs> oh, man. I would run trains on some poplars. I don't care how many wars it started. Every time I see that episode, it makes me hungry. Yeah. They just look does. so perfect. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I thought I was crazy. It makes me want to go to KFC and get some, like, fucking popcorn chicken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what does some of subliminal messaging going on behind that (laughs) (laughs) by KFC KFC. I know right Hypno Toad comes up every other scene (laughs) (laughs) the colonel beckons you (laughs) we need to get that Hypno Toad advertising campaign that show's got the perfect mixture of like dumb moments and dumb jokes written with intelligence. Oh, mm-hmm. It's the yeah, perfect cross-section of like, and I'd even seen a graphic someone put together of a bunch of different popular shows with Futurama right in the middle. It said four smart people and dumb people written about smart people about dumb people. You know, it just, <laughs> every category of television watching person can find that's something the, like. And there's probably books you can get that's, on that's that. That's a really interesting way to put it, too. It's it's just got it all, you know. It's it's almost like this is this is grandiose, but it's almost like Shakespeare. It's got mm-hmm. those layers, you know. It's written with these high-minded jokes for the aristocrats, and then the crass stuff that the groundlings love. It's just <laughs> right. it's got it all, and it's 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 very much like The Simpsons. And I, there are so many books out there on the psychology behind The Simpsons. That really? I, I've never read, but I've, I've really would like to. Yeah, like you were saying, you know, there's jokes for everybody in there. And what's good about that is, you know, as you grow, you know, I started on The Simpsons as a child. Many laughable moments as a child, oh, sure. but as you, you grow older. You get the older, slapstick and the funny yeah, situation. As you get older, you start picking up on stuff you didn't get when you were a kid. And yeah. so it stays uh, stays refreshing, you know. Yeah. I use, I'm using that word a lot, refreshing. Refreshing. Shows to grow with The word of the day is... <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to go crazy. <laughs> What's the word of the day, Conky? <laughs> Watching it on Netflix or even on DVD, you, get, you lose... I found out you lose a little bit with where the commercials are. Because there's one when a, or a, which a Zap was trying to seduce Leela. And he wanted an answer, and she's like, well, can't I just wait, take, like, two to three minutes to figure it out? No. And then it cuts to commercial, <laughs> but then it came right back on, so it kind of lost that. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Zap Brannigan, man, that's another good oh, character. She's yeah. the best. Set stun rays to sexy. <laughs> Hit that bullseye, and the dominoes will fall like a house of cards. Check <laughs> One on the Amazon yes. planet. The mind oh, is willing, but great the tissue is soft and spongy. They <laughs> <laughs> sentence them to death by Snoo Snoo. Yeah. Fry's like, goodbye, Leela. I never thought I'd die like this, but I always really hoped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great episode. Just talking about it generates so much laughter. Yes. It's, that's I, how you know you got a good show. And I think my yeah, favorite thing, yeah. like I'm, I'm prepared to say, my favorite thing in the whole series are the sounds Bender makes when he reacts to things. Like when he doesn't even make noises. Like he's, he's at that big um, like Spider Planet conquest museum thing where they've got all the oh, tapestries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sitting there smoking that cigar, and then Hermes busts in through the window on his big, like, extending Stilts. boots. Yeah. <laughs> and Bender's sitting there. He's like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, his eyes shoot out of his skull. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's the best. Oh, man. That episode when they went to the robot planet, there's oh, a one part a that one. creeps oh. me out every time. It's when he when, points and does the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. hear the... Oh, oh yeah. It's terrifying. Man, can you imagine that really... Uh, <laughs> I would that, shart where I stood, 
And at the end, they're all doing the robot dancing, and Bender's like, boy, you guys are pretty good. How do you do that? Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, by the way, great movie. You should watch that. They Is do it? that like six or seven do times. They really? oh, the movie. Yeah, it's terrifying. All right, guys, you ready to do some uh, Futurama oh, trivia let's, here? Let's fucking do this. All right. This. I will say, uh, you know, if you think you know the answer, just say something quick. But uh, since get Jerome here, gets... This be fun. What's that? I'm going to get creamed here, but this will be fun. <laughs> to just be a part of well, I was just going to say, don't uh, don't yell anything right out. Let uh, Give Jerome a chance because sure, we we you know, if we start oh, yelling, oh, oh, oh. we won't ever hear him. Like yeah. He just said something there. I didn't I... catch it because I was talking. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. You guys ready? Ready. <laughs> Question one. What did the professor detect in space with the smelloscope? Oh, Buzz. Chronotons. Wrong. What? I don't remember. I watched that. I watched that episode last night too. Really? I thought that would be a giveaway. Jerome. A ball of garbage. Oh, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> because it was coming back. Damn it! All right, no points on the board as of yet. But uh, moving right along here. <clears throat> Question number two: What is the name of Fry's older brother? Buzz. Yancey. You got it. Champion. <laughs> Heart of a lion. All right. We're, we're burning through these, man, but that's all right. All right. Question number three. Amy Wong is native to which planet? The hell was that? <laughs> that's a really good question. <laughs> Did you hear that, Jerome? I heard it. Is that like a, a cat? I think it's kids playing by the electronics box out there. <laughs> we live in a great part of town here. Only the best for canned air. second. A summer tradition. The lights will dim and the problem will be over. <laughs> you know it's summer when kids are in their swimsuits and playing on the electrical box yeah. outside. That's, that's how you know it's summertime. Oh, Lord. All right. Is anyone buzzing in yet? No. Go right ahead. Mars. Amy Wong is native Mars. to which planet? Uh, Mars. That's Wong. correct. Yeah. Yes. Oh, this one ought to be too, uh, too easy, but I couldn't resist bringing this character up. What is the name of the janitor? Buzz. Scruffy. I'm Scruffy the janitor. Scheduling conflict. <laughs> Scruffy's willing in a big pail. <laughs> Why? All right. <clears throat> Question number five. What's the name of Fry's dog in the episode Jurassic Bark? Oh, I don't know. Wait. Do you remember the episode? Yes. I do, yeah. Okay. Anyone? I can't. I think. As soon as you say it, I'll remember it. I think it's Seymour. You are correct! Nailed it. All right. Number six and the final question. I really should have done more of these. (laughs) You live, you learn. Next time we'll have more. Sure. In the year 3000, the word ask has been replaced by this (laughs) word. Anybody? Uh, what is axe? Let me axe you a question. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct, yes. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed our Futurama trivia here today on Canned Air. I don't have any friends. I just watch Futurama. <laughs> Jake's our winner today. Uh, Winner's a strong word. <laughs> I'd like to say you win respect, but uh, yeah. you have respect here at Canned Air. That's oh, a well, very thanks. respectful yeah. thing. I That's why I hang around. Good job, good job. Thank you. This is where you can be respected. He's I'm good old. at his job. <laughs> really, all your new family. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> 
Well, with that, let's just jump into the comic dump bin. And Jack, I think it's probably appropriate you go first with yeah, your uh, so. comic title this week. So uh, whenever you're ready. Number 79 from Bongo, Futurama. Death comes for a second banana. I've never read a Futurama comic. I've read quite a bit of the Bongo Simpsons ones, but never a Futurama. It's not quite as good as the episodes. Some of the the humor seems a little more dry. Mm-hmm. But different it's still writers. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And that the artwork's just a little bit different too. But this one's titled The Death of Kiff. Everyone's <gasps> sitting around the table at the beginning and Who Professor comes out. Mm-hmm. Good news. Or no, what's it? Bad yeah, bad news, everyone. And he says that Scruffy's no longer with us, so everyone automatically thinks he's dead. But then he ends up just saying, no, that he's on vacation on a space cruise. <laughs> Scruff is going on a big space cruise. Meanwhile, Amy gets a phone call, runs away. Find, uh, Skiff ends up calling and says, or was it Sif, right? Kiff. 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 Yeah, can never Kiff get his name. He calls him to tell her. to reach you. <laughs> that was a good Kiff. Calls Thank her to, to say that he's going to die in five days. He has a disease called deathism. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> Why the hell not? And he's asking her if she'll take care of his wake and funeral, and she agrees. She's all upset. While she's in the other room crying, they all look at her, and they're all like, "Oh, that they're taking it pretty hard." Or she's taking it pretty hard that Scruffy. They, she thinks Scruffy's died, probably because the place is going to stay dirty. <laughs> And then Fry's like, well, who's going to clean up while we're gone? The professor comes up with a, it looks like a Roomba, but mm-hmm. he calls it a room runner. And it's got like the comb from Roadrunner. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, watch, puts it on the ground. And he's like, it'll alert you when it comes over, when it gets close to you. And it takes out Bender. And Bender's like, well, it doesn't give you enough time to beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> Then Leela and Amy go to find a casket. He shows him the cheap casket, and then she lets him know that she's real rich, and he gets all excited and shows him this huge condo-sized one that they don't even realize that they're inside it. It's got, like, three bedrooms, two baths, a swimming pool, aviary, and she wants to take that. Then all of a sudden it cuts back to Bender, and he's on a ladder and yells out, Hey, there's some birdseed on the floor, and comes over. He's sitting there holding a big anvil right above the bird seed, kind of like a wily e. coyote type oh. thing. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the bird comes, or the the bird, the vacuum comes by, knocks him off on the ground. And the anvil hits him in the head. You can see why you would call it a bird, though. It has that roadrunner <laughs> tail on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is—the tail. Yeah, yeah. And then it cuts back over to Amy and Fry, and they're going to get her her widow's dress. And Fry's like, well, how come you don't take Leela to do this? And she's like, well, she's the only one. Her idea of getting dressed up is ironing her tank top. <laughs> <laughs> and the robot, it was the robot. If you've ever seen the old movie, I think Disney did it. The Black Hole. Huh. It's an no, old movie. That. Well, this robot is built right after or it's modeled after one of those robots because huh. it's called the Black Hole Dress Shop. <laughs> but she puts on a, a black dress and he's like, yeah, Fry's like, yeah, that's pretty dark. She's like, it's not dark enough. And then gets another one. And they're like, that's not dark enough. And then it shows another dress she puts on and it sucks out all the, the light in the panel <laughs> or all the colors in the panel. That's cool. The robot's like, this dress is legally is legally listed as a depressant. <laughs> oh, and then it cuts back to Bender. He's more doing more antics, getting stuff from the Bimo store, all kind of weapons to catch the stupid robot. That wouldn't be anything like Acme, would it? No, I don't think so. No. Bimo, oh, Acme. Right. My mistake. <laughs> 
Oh, what happens later on? Oh, she ends up getting a wake all put together. Kif comes over to check it out. And it's in the the hangar. And there's big signs that said, miss you, Kif. We'll miss you. And pictures of him all over the place. Flowers. And he's just like, eh, it's all right. <laughs> it's not It's not really as good as I thought it would be. So he leaves because he's got to go peel grapes for uh, Zap. Because <laughs> <laughs> they give him the creeps. Or no, he had to peel blueberries because the skins give him the creeps. <laughs> then we're back to... The bender again, doing more antics. He's got a mouse trap type thing with trash on it, waiting for the vacuum to come clean it up so he can. He wants to break it to get parts for himself. Fry comes in, he's like, Oh, we could dump trash in here, and dumps it all over the place, and ends up <laughs> flinging Bender across the room. And then it comes back to Amy and Kiff, and she shows him another setup. She rented the whole top of a. Uh, Empire State Building, and he's just like, meh, it's not that great. What an ingrate, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's real attitude And uh, Zap comes over and he's like, aren't you a little, you know, kind of mean to her, one of your loved ones? <laughs> Wearing a towel on his head. And he's, he snaps back at Zap, and Zap ends up running away crying. Uh, Worth the price of the comic for that moment alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and at the very end, they have the, was it the Madison Cube Garden? Yeah. She bought that for the wake. <laughs> And he shows up, and he's still being kind of a, a pissant about it, real attitude And then he, they end up finding, meeting his doctor, and his doctor's like, well, no, I didn't tell him he has that. He's actually got, let me find what it's called. Alivatitis. He doesn't have, what, death, deathitis, or what I called it? Yeah. He's yeah. got jerkatitis. Jer- oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I just told him he had that, because uh, the symptoms were pretty close. <laughs> And the only way to get out of that is to have a big scare. And Bender ended up bringing a bunch of uh, bombs and stuff to catch the stupid robot. And it blew up and it scared him straight. But then at the very end, there's an epilogue. And it's a bunch of robots sitting around a table at BIMO. And they're like, yeah, we've made all our sales this year. And it's all because of our manager, which ends up being the stupid robot. <laughs> the vacuum cleaner robot. Nice. And that was it. It was funny. Nice. Very cool. Lots Good of crack-ups in it. I think I know what's weird about the art style is you're not used to seeing the characters with that much shading. Oh, They're yeah. usually pretty, like, flat-toned, yeah. yeah. but then you've got, like, like on Bender's arms, it had, like, individual segments, had their own point. light yeah, and true. dark patches, and you're like, this isn't right. Something's wrong. <laughs> this one's here. It's like the difference between the old and new family guys. Yeah, like, yeah. Heck of a like, lot more shading. Oh, I yeah. can't handle it. <laughs> That's not the future of mine, now. <laughs> It's All not right. the one I grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> it's an imposter. All right, Jerome, would you like to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, so what I've got here, quite a few things have been sort of on my desk and been uh, a source of inspiration for quite some time. I'm a big fan of this uh, uh, publisher called uh, Magnetic Press, and I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Um, oh. They, they um, are fairly new, and um, they basically focus on polishing and remastering uh, comics that ha- may have been uh, doing really well in Italy, for example, or, or Europe, somewhere in Europe, and trying to bring that into the U.S. market. Um, and one of their sis- recently really successful titles or series has been this series called Love. And uh, each, each book in the series is a, a focus on a different uh, animal character, for example. Um, and um, the entire series tries to take a look at the whole 
idea of uh, you know taking care of the planet, being you know um, very conscious about how we treat uh, treat animals and all that. So the one that I have in my collection is called Love the Tiger. And uh, to my surprise, because I heard about it a lot through Facebook and friends were saying, oh, this is amazing. You've got to really check this out. And they've had some other books that I bought that I really liked. Um, so Magnetic Press, the things that they had done in the past that I really liked were things that were really um, very sci-fi, you know, since we're on the, the theme of future, future or futuristic stuff. Right. Um, so this is a little bit, was a little bit different. Um, so when I got it, I was like, okay, I got to check this out. So I got the book at my local comic book store, and I was surprised to open it up to realize there were no words. The entire comic, wow. um, the entire book, is, it's, it's a little bit over 70 pages, and it's just, it's just straight up art. You know? So you're following this, this quote-unquote character, which is a, happens to be a tiger, um, trying to survive in uh, in the jungle because he's really hungry and he ha- you can tell he hasn't eaten and he's gone through some traumatic experiences trying to um, evade someone who's trying to or a couple different other uh, animals who are trying to trying to eat him while he's trying to find something to eat. So I've I've, I've got to um, give a big shout out for this book because it's it's just stunning. I mean the art is just literally jaw dropping. And again, it wasn't what I was. Ex- it wasn't what I was expecting because I, when I heard about it, I was thinking I was expecting, you know, something that was really, um, really dense in terms of storytelling from a, you know, sort of a written standpoint. And just the art by itself just carried the entire story. It was just um, really amazing to look at. Everything you're saying reminds me, you know, the book being, you know, uh, kind of about, you know, how we treat the earth and protecting the earth. It reminds yeah. me of your contribution, mm-hmm. effect, and Earth Dream, now. right. That right. was a beautiful story. Yeah. Again, I just got to say that was gorgeous, man. That <laughs> butterfly, my Thank god, you. that was beautiful. Thank you. And exactly, I think it's one of, one of the things that sort of subliminally, when I saw it, just made me kind of think, wow, you know, because I did um, effect before I had heard about this series, you know, because again, it has this really strong, um, you know, social awareness, uh, um, protecting the earth kind of uh, theme that you know mm-hmm. is really resonates with me. Um, and then when I saw this, I was like, yeah, I mean, there, there are folks out there who are doing this and doing it beautifully. Um, so I would highly recommend it. So again, this book is called love the tiger and, uh, there's a series, there's, there's quite a number of books that follow different, uh, quote unquote animal characters. And then they do some really big and really epic called, uh, love the planet, I think it's called or mm-hmm. something to that effect. Um, so um, I would highly recommend if, if you just love just looking at and studying comic book art in general and just letting the art speak for itself, I would highly recommend um, what these guys are doing. Um, the two, um, I believe, I guess they're, yeah, the, the artists on the book are Federic Beramod and Federico Bertolucci. I'm, 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 I'm guessing at the pronunciation, but... Uh, <laughs> I know your pain, my friend. I, I butcher so trying, many names on a weekly basis. I am trying over here. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, uh, Magnetic Press is the name of the, the, the publisher. And, um, yeah, I, I would say if, you, if you're looking for... Especially something that, if you're looking for something a little bit more out of the, the mainstream and looking for something that may have done really well overseas and you're just looking to see what is happening in the realm of comics that maybe out of what we're used to seeing, um, you know, it, you know, the materials out there is just a matter of, you know, a matter of finding it. 
That sounds awesome. Love, it was called? Love yeah. is the name of the series, and this particular uh, entry in the series is, is The Tiger, so it's Love the Tiger. Love the Tiger. We'll have to check that out. And I, I really uh, urge our listeners, too, to check out uh, Earth Dream with uh, Jerome's effect in it. That was it, sevenrobots.com, was yep. it? That's why through Seven Robots, and uh, Miguel Guerrero is the... Uh, the, the lead um, on that, uh, you know, it's his idea and his uh, vision to uh, have this anthology collection that kind of helps to build our awareness about, you know, how we treat our planet. And uh, that was a great uh, series to be a part of. And uh, he really spearheaded that yeah, and yeah. Uh, did a really beautiful story in that, too. So um, Miguel Guerrero and uh, Seven Robots Inc. doing some really great material over there. So yeah, shout out to those guys. They're great people. We love having them on the show, too. They're a heck of a lot of fun. Well, very cool. We'll have to check that out. Jake, would you like to go next? Yeah, or? yeah. Mine, mine was fairly short. I think it was it was meant almost, I want to say it was almost like a prologue, but it was called uh, Medic Number 1 Flatline. And uh, it starts out, it's a pretty idyllic scene, um, sort of just nice upstate forested area cuts to a hospital and they've got a few people coming in man with a chest injury woman with some lacerations on her head and another guy who missing two of his toes and he's an absolute asshole about it they're wheeling away these <laughs> this man and this woman with critical life-threatening injuries he's like who's gonna fix my damn foot you know he's always hounding <laughs> the doctors and surgeons but um it, a, a lot of it was really just the procedure of, of bringing those two uh those two patients one into the operating room the other one the woman regained consciousness and she was okay they just stitched her up a little um, but the man required a pretty extensive surgery. And during this time, um, the surgeon is telling you a little bit about his life. I think you're going through his inner monologue, where he started. You know, he was dyslexic as a student, started falling behind, went to a new school. They recognized his abilities, medical, surgery, so on and so forth. He's one of the best in the state now. They, they want to set this up guy. This guy up is very good at what he does. And uh, it's a successful surgery. They saved this man's life. Um, and it's, it's hard to describe because really that's the meat of the conflict. You know, it's just, right. it's just the surgery. And there's not much I can say about it other than it happens and it works. But there's this undercurrent of news stories talking about a, a probe that NASA had to have shot down because it was releasing radiation or something to that effect. And uh, apparently it had touched ground in their state. And there was some news report happening in the background. It's like, concerns over rising radiation levels, you know, is, uh, meet, assured that it will not become dangerous within such and such. You know, someone flipping through the channels. Mm -hmm. And, and um, at the end of the surgery, they put the man in a, in a bed where he can recover. And the doctor gets a call right before he fixes that guy's foot, by the way, who's still bitching about it. And um, the doctor gets a call. He says, doctor, I need you down here immediately. It's the dude in the morgue. And uh, all of his bodies that he's had, you know, slabbed up, they start getting up and looking around. And the thing is, the thing that actually kind of frightened me is they didn't look like zombies. They didn't really look predatory. They had kind of a confused look in their eye, which I almost think is going to make that more frightening. Mm -hmm. I got the impression they're setting it up for something like darker than your standard zombie story. It seems like there's there's something bizarre, obviously tied to the radiation and space probe and all that noise but um that sounds awesome I, yeah i mean i, I want to see what happens next cool. sounds kind of uh yeah very creepy yeah, I can yeah imagine yeah. all the dead wow. bodies just sitting up and, right Ooh. it reminded me of like some little like creep show 
vignette, you know, some like yeah, little Stephen yeah. King short story, something like that. Yeah, so huh. I'll, I'll have to pick up the second one, see where it's going. That sounds cool. Yeah, With sweet. the way you were starting, I thought it was just Very like cool. a uh, 80, you know, 80, like I said before, 80s sounding medical <laughs> drama in comic form. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really as solid as it'll be. Yeah, yeah. It's just really mundane, but no, one, no. It's, one I me think with it's the radiation cool. and dead people. Yeah, rising. yeah. Oh, two great tastes, <laughs> right? There you go. All right, very cool. That was called what? Medic flatline. Medic flatline. Yeah. Medic flatline. Very cool. The cover is very <coughs> gets your attention. It's like some blood-stained nurse in a really skimpy outfit, like perched up on a slab, looking really predatory. Which, mm. I'll concede I was a little disappointed there wasn't more of that, but you know, yeah. I'm sure it's it's going to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> this week on Medic Flatline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sexy vampire nurses. <laughs> Send the kids to bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, my offering this week, this this past weekend, was uh, dubbed TMNT weekend for me as the second movie came out. Nice. Uh, you know, I'm a diehard uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, as everyone knows. Um, and I was not overly impressed with the movie. I had fun watching it, but not overly impressed. But uh, at the same time, all weekend, I was just hungry for anything turtle. So I started digging through my comics, and I, you know, I've read everything. But I stumbled across something that I haven't read. Uh, I've got into comics in the early 90s with the Archie adventure series uh, with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle adventures. And I remember reading those books, always seeing in the back a, uh, a you know a new line that was coming out, the April O'Neil line. And I thought, I don't want to read that. <laughs> and so, you know, for years, forgot about it. Well, within the past year, I was uh, digging through comics. I don't remember at a convention or at a store somewhere. And there were, were all three issues of it, the complete, you know, three-issue series. And I thought, why not? I'll look at it, see what it was about. Whew, about as uh, good as that movie was, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not you know, not that I expected gold or anything, but you know the the cover here has uh, April O'Neil with a katana ripping through the front of the uh, yeah, that's comic. pretty dramatic. Looks yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, you know, I'm expecting you know because you also see the turtles in the background there. You see a crane there. I'm expecting you know my mind builds up the scenario. Okay, Splinter's going to teach April how to defend herself. Sure. She'll get into her own adventures. Not the case. Through all three issues, it starts with her getting fired because she's been off on the other side of the world with the turtles helping them stop some Japanese demon or something. And uh, so she comes back, she gets fired, and on, while she's on the subway on the way home, like a gang fight happens on the subway between the Dog Star Gang and the Golden Triangle Gang. And they really, the comic doesn't give you any reason whatsoever to give a shit <laughs> about what's going on here. You know, I, there's here no, they are, they're fighting. Gangs know, fight, that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you're just kind of, okay, okay, okay. And, you know, April has very little to do with the main, you know, thing that's happening there. And at the end of the book, she just picks up a katana and says, Hey, you back off, you know, I'm going to cut you up. You know, that kind of a thing. And gets a lucky strike on one and they take off running. I think, okay, well, issue two and issue three will let more into that. You know, it'll get deeper into the story. No, all the issues are a mimic of the first one. I mean, you're just watching the drama between these two gangs happen. April has very, not very much to do with it. She just, at the end of the issue, picks up a sword again. <laughs> hey, you, quit what you're doing there, you know? And it's like, why? Who, who the hell cares? But um, one thing that strikes me about these comics here uh, is that they're intended for children. You know, these, these the, the Archie adventures are for very young children. But there's very 
dark things and adult things in these books and in the ter- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle adventures uh, themselves. Uh, like there's a her best friend in here that she lives with is constantly smoking, always bitching that she can't get a smoke. Mm. Um, and wow. you know, though April is always like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, she pulls out her katana, put out that cigarette, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. But um, also, some of the bad guys just very ah, uh, uh, just too dark for kids. I think. Like I remember a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures comic, even as a child, thinking. Damn, that's dark. There was a... Uh, remember Mr. Null, the bald dude with the little horns here from the Mutant Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he originated from uh, that series. And he was always doing this, like, black magic voodoo and just summoning these, like, dancing skeletons and monsters <laughs> and shit. And I'm like, this is a kid's comic, you know? <laughs> that's scary stuff at a certain age. Yeah, I mean, it didn't scare yeah, me, but even as a child, I thought, I can't believe that's in here, you yeah. know? So... Anyway, um, no big wrap-up to it. It was a disappointment, but again, I didn't expect much of it. So, TMNT presents April O'Neil. That sounds incredible. Yeah, yeah. All I can think of at the end when you're saying she's got the katana, and I was like, hey, you, is a George McFly moment. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you, get your damn hands off. I was kind of going for that a little bit, you know. Get off my lawn. I keep thinking of The Shining. Of with like Jack Nicholson oh, bearing yes. down on his wife, and she's got that badge. She's like, Stop! Just <laughs> <laughs> All right, very cool. That was a fun uh, comic dump bin this week. Is there a uh, hero? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Yeah, I could find All right, and with that, let's just turn our full attention over to Jerome Walford and talk about the Guan anthology. Thanks so much again for being with us, Jerome. Yeah, no problem. It's great to be here, and uh, I-, I hope that the. Uh, manuscript version that I sent over came through okay and that you guys got a chance to take a look at that. We got to flip through it but yeah, we had had to work all day today so we didn't get (laughs) to sit down and uh, read it or anything. um, Because it's it's pretty pretty dense, right? There's a lot of material there. Yeah, yeah, it's a a thick book. It was like, what, 200 pages? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it's well over 200 pages. So, uh, you know, when I first had this idea, you know, I was actually talking with a couple of the folks that are in the book, uh, including uh, Miguel from Seven Robots. And saying, you know, I had this idea um, for a, a collection, a, an anthology, and I was just kind of picking their brain a little bit, um, just kind of saying, you know, you know, I, I really love what I'm doing with Nowhere Man, but I, I need something to kind of give me a break. And um, the subject matter is something that is really important to me, and I just wanted to find a way to uh, to make it really inclusive, to bring in a lot of different voices, and that sort of asking around and. Uh, picking the brains of just friends who and, and who've been in comics for a while, whether they're writing or or um, drawing comics, and say, "Hey, do you guys have time, <laughs> you know, right. to be a part of this thing?" Um, and so slowly it began to just uh, just really take off, you know. So I've been working on it for about nine months now, and Guan is really um, this epic collection of uh, short stories by comic creators who either immigrated from um, another country, you know, and been living in the States for a little while, or they were born in the States and now live elsewhere. And uh, the challenge was to have them think through their immigrant experience and try to find one aspect of that experience and, and bring it to, uh, to the reader in a very different way, something that's unexpected and something that's, you know, unique and different. And uh, so we've got lots of variety in this collection. We've got, uh, we've got, uh, We've got sci-fi, we've got fantasy, we've got 
slice of life, you know, things that are, you know, uh, based on real experiences um, right. and things that are just really off the wall. And um, I, I'm just really deeply humbled by the, um, the breadth of material that we're able to gather. So we were able to get together um, over 30 artists from 15, you know, 15 or more countries to be a part of this, uh, you know, this uh, collection. And one thing that I noticed uh, flipping through it was uh, at the end of each short, it looks like you get a background on the artist too, like their yeah. actual story and stuff. And that's something you don't uh, yeah. see too often in comic books that I not, yeah, not too often at all. Really was gravitating toward. I thought that was a great addition to the book. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to read it. And congratulations to you on the Kickstarter. That that ended oh, when now? Yeah, that ended a little while back, and um, we were able to raise twice the amount that we uh, went in asking for, nice. just a little bit over 6K. And so, um, you know, so we know that the first print run uh, is, is well-funded, and a portion of that also went to um, editing the book and make sure that the, the final version will be, you know, really tight. So um, right now we're going through that editorial process um, with uh, some editors who've been uh, with Forward Comics for a while, you know, including Maya Rock and Rebecca Green. Uh, so uh, we're just really um, excited about the collection that we're able to get gather, and also the people who have been involved. I mean, we're talking about people who are living in China, people Canada, you know, mm-hmm. um, all just all over the place, all over the map. And um, actually, one of the things that we introduced in the beginning of the book is this map that actually shows you where people are located and where they came from, you know, to kind of just really give you, give you a sense of what the scope of the project has been. And it's just been really humbling to be a part of it. I didn't even see the map in there. I can't wait to like sit down and dig through Mm -hmm. and actually start looking at it. It's a really great concept. I like the idea of having a little like artist information after the story, give you some context for the story you read, you know? Well, yeah, you know, but even just the whole concept of the book, just the, the immigration process and uh, the, uh, you know, getting into a new culture, not only is that, you know, that good for everyone involved, but somebody who's actually going through that, this would be a, you know, a great book for them to even latch on to might help ease that process if it's being difficult for them. Yeah, exactly. And, and one of the things that, um, you know, cause again, for me, it's a, you know, it's quite personal. My family immigrated to the States, um, in, in 1986. And so a, a lot of the experiences of what that process, um, was like for me personally, I, you know, I struggled for a long time trying to figure if it was just me you know, having a difficult time trying to, you know, make that transition or it was something that was very common. And, um, you know, one of the things that you'll discover about that process of being relocated or dislocated, it's, it's, it's quite a, a very, um, uh, universal, uh, human experience. And so being able to share that in a format that collects those stories from all, just all over the world, you, you know, you, you get a sense of this really common thread that you know, we're all in transition, right? We're always uh, moving, trying to find a place to to call home, at least for a little while. Right. And um, you know, the more that we can begin to talk about that in a space that's you know safe and 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 inviting, the more we can find a sense of uh, deep uh, universal connection. And um, you know, when I started this process, it was before all, all this mess that's going on right now, um, but. I think even more so now, it's kind of something that I've been really latched on to say, you know, here's a experience that is is so universal, right? You know, it's not just these people over here that's having this, 
you know, this is something that we can all relate to on some level right. and to find a way to talk about it and find a way to uh, present it in a way that's, that's rich and diverse and, you know, just, just, just full of life. Um, it, it's something that, uh, you know, it, I think is really needed right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just overall, a beautiful book. What a, what a good thing you've uh, put together here. Even just the cover, thank very you. striking art. Oh, yeah. catches the eye immediately. Yeah. Oh, It'll, thank you. Thank well, you. I mean, it, I'll, we'll have to show you effect, man. I'm sorry to keep That's harping on a different project, but man, <laughs> it left an impression. It really did. I'm eager to see it. Yeah, I'll show it to you. So now that your Kickstarter is uh, successfully funded, how can the public or when can the public get their hands on a copy of this? Um, so right now it's scheduled to come out in October, um, you know, probably the end of October and November, but you know, we're, we're definitely working to get it out as, as, as soon and as smoothly as possible. So if someone's looking to get, um, do a pre-order for the book, they can go to our website, uh, which is forwardcomics.com and that's, uh, C O M I X.com. They can, they can do a pre-order. And then that will, you know, reserve a copy for them so that as soon as the books get mailed out, they'll get mailed at the same time as the Kickstarter backers' um, uh, copies go out. So, so um, yeah, we're actually getting quite a number of uh, pre-orders through the website right now. So it's a great way to make sure you get uh, your copy before, uh, the, before the official release in uh, November. That sounds awesome. And I, one thing I did want to uh, ask you about, not to change the subject, but just being big fans of Nowhere Man, how how is our uh, yes. how is our dude doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, actually, it's, it's great that you asked that question because it's been a very busy time for uh, for me over at uh, Forward Comics. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've been I've been thinking a lot about uh, about the journey uh, um, that we've gone through uh, as a as a as a brand. And, you know, trying to figure out what we're really about, you know, what, you know, what makes our stories tick. You know, we had this great time before talking about Futurama and things that we enjoy, shows that we enjoy and characters that we really enjoy and what makes them tick, you know, mm-hmm. what makes them memorable. And, you know, I've been sort of doing a little bit of soul searching um, uh, here and trying to figure out what makes our characters tick and what makes people really uh, enjoy them. And so... Even as we were developing Guan, people have been really loving what we're doing and really, you know, you know, looking forward in anticipation for that project. They're also asking, like you are, you know, what's going on with Jack right now? Right. <laughs> you know, what's, what's, what's happening? Um, so um, I can't say too much just yet, but I can sort of say, um, say that yeah, we're uh, I'm actually uh, really close to finishing the script for Volume Three. Oh, wow. uh, which is which is a really significant undertaking because it is, uh, for all intents and purposes, sort of the big, uh, you know, uh, resolve moment for for the series, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it's going to be at least a hundred pages of, of of story, and and uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to. I think a lot of people are going to come into volume three, you know, especially if they've been fans for a while. Feeling like this is what this is what it's all been working up to. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> uh, we've we've had six books that are all about this moment. Uh, you know, for the character, and um, you know, I've been writing this uh, particular volume for a couple of months now, and it's been tough <laughs> for me personally because I mean, I really love this character. You know, and I started to realize that 
um, just as I'm going through the process right now. And it's been sort of hard to get to this moment for him because it's, it, I mean, it, it's, it's really one of the reasons why people love the character, right? Because you, you, you kind of know that he's driven right. and you get glimpses of, of, of why he is so driven. But I think volume three will basically really open that up. And, um, a lot of the events that happen in volume three, um, in a way, is going to help you to really kind of see how the pieces fit together because there have been a lot of the things that people really like about the series is that it's non-linear, right? So you have things that kind of jump in and out of uh, linear storytelling, you know, a lot of time travel stuff too. Um, and you're going to see in volume three why that happens and how that happens. And um, I think it's going to help people to love the, char- the character and the story more. Can't wait to read yeah. it. It's been a little while since we checked in there, but uh, it's been it's been a little while. It's, yeah. it's hard to believe this. We, we read the first four. Was that right? First uh, three or four? I think we've got all of them. Do we have? Yeah, all it's about. Yeah. It should be about six books. You should have about six books. Yeah. See, I, I'm behind. I need to get my action gear here. <laughs> I'll give them to yeah, you def- too, so def- you can read them because I know yeah. you'll definitely get. I'm off sure on you're them. right. Yeah. 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 Definitely, definitely get caught up. So this should be about six books and. Um, yeah, the last one that we did, book number six, was about sixty pages. That was like a really dense drop, um, and uh, and um, yeah, I think it, a lot of stuff happened there. And we're going to a lot more about Zade too. I think uh, it, if I it remember. did. Yeah, yeah, it really really opened up, you know, a lot of historian as to you know how they basically came into the situation where they're now uh, sharing this consciousness. Um, and, and so basically, what we're looking to do with volume three is basically just going to pick up right there. You know what I mean? It's going to there's not going to be too much of a space between uh, volume uh, two and three, um, which is going to be something new because with, between volume one and two, there was this six months gap, right? right? And so you had, you kind of had a while to kind of breathe, but uh, no, we're just going to pick up and it's just going to be this, you know, nonstop action uh, type thing, which, which, you know, which will be a lot of fun to do. And schematics. Again, I said it before when you were on. That's what one thing I love about uh, Noah, man. You get to see how everything works. Yeah, yep. I mean, there's no mystery yeah. behind it, you yeah. know? I yeah, it's exactly. amazing. Well, Jerome, I uh, just want to thank you again for being on. You, We are big fans of yours, as uh, you can probably tell. By now. <laughs> we, uh, we love your work, so just keep it up. Keep it coming, man. And uh, definitely let us know when Guan is uh, available, and we'll uh, push it out to the public and let them know all about it. Absolutely. And definitely keep tabs on what we're doing. So, again, our website is forwardcomics.com. There's a lot of stuff that's uh, in development that, I, again, I'm be, trying to be uh, disciplined about. Um, <laughs> I can't say it just yet, but it's, it's close. It's really close. So keep tabs on what we're doing. And, uh, you know, as, as soon as uh, certain uh, news kind of gets uh, confirmed, we will be able to talk more, more openly about it. Exactly. Now, listeners, that's stuff we'll get to hear all fair, but not not you. We're yeah. we're privy like that. Can't be <laughs> no, inside scoop. Oh my god, I'm just being stupid. One okay. of the privileges of being on top. And Forward Comics is also on uh, Twitter, just at Forward Comics, right? That's right. Yeah, we're on Twitter and uh, also on Facebook, and uh, we're try- trying to build up our Instagram too. So all those are you know the same exact wording, exact name, Forward Comics. You know, uh, like I said. I, I love how you said trying to build up your Instagram. Isn't Instagram kind of a it's bitch hard, in the social yeah. media world? I don't. Oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, I post things that I think are great, and then no one cares. And mm-hmm. then I throw something on half asleep at three a.m. and was like, "This is the best thing it. I've ever seen." Yeah, what do you want from yeah, me? I, it's social media in general is just like this <sighs> weird 
unpredictable, you know, soup. So oh. um, she's a harsh mistress. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like Susie Diaz says: you you put something you really like and want people else to enjoy, and you yeah. get like one like, but then you take a picture of your cat, and everyone's like, "That's the greatest <laughs> thing in the world." Making breakfast today. Hashtag pancakes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Retweet that. I- I think the secret conspiracy is that the internet's run by cats. Really, just cats, you know. <laughs> there is the evidence time, to support the that theory. The last 20 years. It would sure explain a lot, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Jerome, thanks so much for being with us today, man. Awesome. Great. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to thecandairpodcast.com where you can see highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media. Visit the Hall of Heroes and see the Wall of Justice. Check out our YouTube videos and PSAs. And if you want to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on your contacts page, or you could just send us an email at candyrepodcast at gmail. You can also send us a raven. Ooh. We just set up an aviary. You could put your request around the ankle of a pigeon and let it go. (laughs) Perfect. Owls also accepted for you Harry Potter fans. Yeah, we have the Candare Pigeon Coops. Oh, Oh, this guy. (laughs) (laughs) He almost got me, son of a bitch. Oh, crap. (laughs) Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandarePod and on Instagram at Cand underscore air. See us doing the best we can on there. And I'm not pointing my finger at you because, boy, I drove that thing straight to the ground. You not easy you it's are easy. the um well, our social media would be nothing without for this guy i need oh, to applaud this guy uh, yeah. you know yeah. 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 i do what yeah. i do and he, and he does it well he does it well <laughs> i was reading his breaking news and candare hacks to my wife and she was like where does he come up from i'm like yeah i don't, I don't know, know. i don't know let me uh harken back to something i said earlier in the episode i don't have any friends <laughs> i just watch futurama <laughs> oh my god actually i think a lot of those lines came from the show i heard <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we have a winner for the Stabity Bunny contest, yeah. right? Oh, James up in Michigan. Good work, James. Congratulations, James. You're I'm gonna... not going to hold your home state against you. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Is that the sports side of you coming that's, out? That's the small, like, vestigial, like, little fetus twin sports side of me okay, right you there. Know, you cannot bring sports here, I, James. I understand. This is a sacred place. This is a sacred <laughs> domain. <laughs> you don't understand that Finish crap him. here, man. You go to one Cleveland Indians game, and now you're a traitor. <laughs> Oh, man, what else? What else is there? Uh, Con Radio, please go to Con Radio on wizardworld.com or just conradio.com. Check out all the other great podcasts that are on there. Uh, So many geek-inspired shows. If you love going to the conventions, you're going to find something you love on there. Candare Pod. Um, (laughs) 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 Right. I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. Jack Doherty. Jake Runyon. Jerome Walford from Forward Comics. Thanks for listening, everyone. Scruffy liked this episode. <laughs> I'm bored. I wished we were buzzed. Let's drink Daddy's cough syrup. This is where he keeps the good stuff. You don't need drugs to get high. Talk! You just need the Canned Air Podcast. That's good advice. Now we know. And no one is half the battle. Just one question. What are you doing outside the window? <laughs> Tell your mama to call me. G.I. Joe!
That was funny. That was funny. <laughs> I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.